0: Elon Musk's baby name shakes the nation, Elon Musk's automobile factory shakes the nation, and Elon Musk's rocket ship shakes the nation. You're listening to Everything At Once, the show that brings you the latest news, wacky stories, and positive vibes. I'm your host, Austin White, and joining me tonight is Toma, Maggie, and Anna, who you remember it from episode one, so let's get started. So last time out, I asked everybody what their favorite cartoon was to introduce themselves. This time, I'm going to ask you what your favorite video game is. Not your current favorite video game, because we all know that Maggie would just say Animal Crossing. Either way, it's going to be your favorite video game of all time. All right? So I want you to think long and hard about it. And by long and Um, hard, I mean about two seconds. Tummel, what is your favorite video game of all
1: time? My favorite one is either the most recent God of War game that came out in PS4 or... Infamous 2. I love Infamous 2 so much.
0: Alright, Infamous 2 is pretty good. I don't think I ever finished Infamous 2, but uh, I definitely finished Infamous 1, and that was really good.
1: I love the Infamous series, period. Yeah. But out of all of them, has to be the second one, because it kind of like changed like a lot of mechanics that probably didn't need to be changed, but I kind of like the change anyway, because it made you play a little smarter.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Anna, what is your favorite video game of all time?
2: I have to say whoa <laughs> I have to say <laughs> probably zoo tycoon honestly zoo tycoon collection of course wow
0: right. zoo tycoon you know
2: my like more I didn't I recent,
0: honestly I know it
2: would be persona five right but of all time like of absolute all time I feel like it has to be zoo tycoon
0: that's actually you know as as much as a meme as it is when you you know found that at the uh where did you find that again you bought it recently
2: even... it was at like that weird nerd store at the mall. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, day, yeah, day, yeah, day. yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. We're selling it
2: for way less than what it was worth, too. They sold it to me for like 10 bucks, and that game can be bought for like, I don't know, like, like 50. 500? Like. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Oh, even more, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't expect that. I mean, Zoo Tycoon's fun, don't get me wrong, but I didn't expect that to be your favorite of all time. Well, it's all
2: like right. my childhood game. Like that's I get that. That's I get that, lot.
0: yeah. Um, I remember spending probably close to $200 on, uh, Angry Birds when I was, when I was oh younger. Oh my
1: God. Angry yeah. Birds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I bought, what about that game?
0: I bought the Eagle tree a few times. Um, I didn't understand the concept of credit cards and, you know, it wasn't my money. So must be free. Right. Um, sorry, dad. Anyways, uh, Maggie, what is your favorite yes. game of all time? Um,
3: all right, it's pro- it's definitely one of the worst made MMOs, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Mabinogi it was one of the first PC games I ever got to play. Interesting. And I played it with my friends and. Is it Weeb? Uh, uh not really.
0: Interesting. Okay.
3: It's it's like a fantasy life game. Oh. Um, but everything's mecha expensive. You know,
0: I actually realized that last week i didn't answer the question myself so this week i won't forget to do that uh my favorite video game of all time i'm sure i know anna knows um it's it's the witcher 3. that is definitely my favorite video game of all time i've played through it i i don't even remember at least 10 times now um
1: Dude,
0: oh it's it's fantastic it's absolutely fantastic you know speaking of video games the first story that i wanted to talk about is the nintendo switch an update on the nintendo switch shortage there's been a few predictions that the ps5 is going to go through this same type of shortage this holiday season and i
2: heard yeah i heard that they're afraid that they won't be able to make enough console
0: yeah they only they only made about five to six million so far and production has stopped altogether so until also
2: like games too
0: that they're not as worried about because a lot of game studios obviously that we like we talked about this last week, they kept working, uh, they keep working at home and things are things are delayed. Um, but next gen, not delayed as much because they have been in production more more pre-production, I would say. Um, but considering that the PlayStation 4 sold about 15 million units around Christmas time when it first came out. Um, and the fact that the PS5 is coming out at Christmas time, these five to six million consoles are going to go extremely fast. So unless factories start opening up sooner, um, I really don't expect uh, to be able to buy one, which sucks because I really want to buy one. Um, But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how Sony handles it.
2: I mean, personally, like, purely because of the fact that they might not have any of, like, those big titles... like coming out along with it i feel like most casual gamers like if they have a ps4 that works perfectly fine Mm -hmm. wouldn't like want to get one so early you know like i feel like most people would be like i'll hold off until the games come out or i'll hold off like until my playstation is like you know
0: like obsolete.
2: I know that they have backwards compatibility, which totally makes getting a PS5, like, yeah, you can get a new console, especially if your console's, like, super old, like your PS4 is super old. Right. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I well, feel like I'm gonna wait a while.
1: High school. I've had it for so long now.
0: Yeah, Sam I've, had, I've had a PS4 really had since...
1: Mine's, I could never get rid of it. Mine's used by, like, two different yeah, people. Yeah, I, I
0: don't get rid of consoles either. I mean... It it seems weird now, like, if I get a PS5 and, like, I wouldn't just get rid of my PS4 because, oh, I might go back and play it, which seems weird, especially because the PS5 has compatibility, and because the PS4 is, I mean, not new, but relatively new, but, like, I've already started going back and playing my Xbox 360 games, you know, and that's kind of nostalgic to me. You know, obviously everybody, you know, has nostalgia when they go play their GameCube or their N64 games or their PS1 games, but, like, the fact that, like, The fact of the matter is the PS4 could be that kind of, you know, nostalgic thing sometime in the future. And I think I would regret it if I got rid of it.
1: I mean,
2: I still have my PS2 and all my games.
0: Right. Exactly. Same.
2: I I I feel like, I feel like just having that, like, for example, let's say I have my own house. I'd want things to decorate it. And I feel like that would be a nice thing to just have on a shelf. Right. Sort of like a collection or like, some form of archive of like the la- the old games that you used to play.
1: Mm.
2: I'm probably gonna get rid of the majority of my Wii games just because I'm definitely not gonna play them, but I'm gonna keep the ones that like I, I genuinely like played a lot and cared about. Right. Not for me to play again, but just for like the sake of like having, you know, like books. <laughs>
0: Chances are, if you're listening to this show, you're most likely a gamer like all of us. Whether it's PS4, Xbox One, or Nintendo Switch, Gamefly has you covered. Starting at just $9.50 a month, Gamefly is the leading online video game rental service in the United States. They deliver the widest selection of games for all your major consoles. With over 9,000 titles, ranging from new releases and classics, Gamefly delivers games straight to your door. You know what better way to get through quarantine shipping is always free and there are never any late fees so if you enjoy the games you rented you can also purchase them directly from Gamefly and just keep your new game forever so you can go to gamefly.com EAO or visit the link in the podcast description for a 30-day free trial and then you can start at nine dollars and fifty cents a month the next thing that I wanted to talk about was the state of live sports and live events during this whole quarantine so a few nights ago, I think it was two nights ago, uh, I bought, for for $90, don't judge me, for $90, uh, we bought the UFC 249, which was like 10 individual fights. Two of them were title fights. It was a big deal. And it took place in Florida, in uh, the giant stadium there in Florida, and it was behind closed doors completely. The only people there were the medical team, the three judges, the referee, the fighters, and then the fighters, trainers, and that was that was it. There was didn't they uh, all
2: have to get tested too? Yep. And still wear masks?
0: No. Uh, so the fighters didn't wear masks, um, but most of the team and medical like team the did. Uh, the fighters didn't wear masks. The stadium announcer didn't wear masks. Uh, Joe Rogan didn't wear a mask. Dana White didn't wear a mask. Um, but they were forced to self quarantine way before, way longer than two weeks before they were able to do this. But All I know is there's it. It went off perfectly. It was so many people bought it. Um, You know, UFC already they sell millions of pay per view copies every time, but so many people bought it because of this quarantine. They had nothing else to do, and it was like through ESPN Plus. So Disney made a shit ton of money. Now they own ESPN. But there have been so many individuals from other sports like basketball, like the NFL, and they're just basically. Calling out Dana White and saying, Yo, dude, how could how did you possibly pull this off? You know, we've been trying to figure out how we're gonna do closed doors stuff for the longest time, and we just can't figure out a good way to do it. How how do you pull this off? And he doesn't want to reveal that, which is makes sense because there's like three more UFC events in the next few weeks alone that he's gonna make a, a shit ton of money off of. But at the same time, I feel like that's knowledge worth sharing. And I just I just guess I want to gauge your guys' thoughts on on should should we how how do we go about this in the state of live sports? Should we continue seasons that are already happening and start start new seasons behind closed doors? or do we just wait this whole thing out and just basically write this off? Like there's a lot of soccer leagues right now that were in the middle of the season when this whole quarantine happened. And a, a few of those organizations are basically saying, we're canceling the rest of the season. None of your none of your games counts. You know it sucks that you know there's like some some teams that normally perform poorly who are performing great and they were about to be promoted to the next league. All of that doesn't count anymore. We're just going to start over for the new season. Um, and all your injuries, they're all for nothing because you didn't actually get anything from those. Um, all the players that you bought and sold, you basically just lost a year on their contract without even getting anything out of them. And a lot of the teams and a lot of the staff are absolutely pissed about it and then there's other soccer leagues who are like no we're gonna finish these games behind closed doors finish the season and keep on going like normal so how how would you go about that what's your thoughts on that
1: personally um i think the closed door i mean obviously what you were saying about the usc ufc doing closed door worked really well if they could translate that into all the other sports seasons, I think they could make it work.
0: Right, and I think that's the. Uh, that's... I,
1: think, I think it depends with the sport too. Like F one um, would be a little difficult, for example, because there's a lot of close the quarters stuff going on, especially in the pit crews. You know, it's,
0: it's funny you say that. It's funny you say thing. that because they're actually they're about to do um, the last Grand Prix of the F one season behind closed doors.
1: Oh really? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I have to check that out. I I'm think. A big fan of F1.
0: Yeah, me as well. I think what they're doing specifically is uh, they're having pit crews. Basically, the pit crews, unless they're they're changing tires, are not allowed to leave their garages. Um, so they run out, change tires, and then they stay in the garage. Everyone stays in the garage, and obviously they wear masks and stuff. And the drivers aren't able to interact with each other. Um, yeah. And basically, basically, what I know they were saying, they're going to have the drivers... They're going to have the cars uh, manually pushed up by individuals to the starting line. And then they're going to have drivers come out one at a time and get in the cars. So there will never wow. be t- there will never be two drivers, you know, outside of their cars at any given time. But like things like that, I feel like it translates well. And, and a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, UFC translates well because it's it's a one on one fight. They're not whole teams, which is fair but at the same time, uh, a UFC event is, you know, you have early prelims, you have prelims, and then you have the main card. So, in total, you have, like, 12 fights in any given night. So, that's still, like, 24 individuals all in close quarters throughout the whole night. Um, yeah. Not to mention all the medical staff and stuff like that. And the th- the thing about uh, UFC is uh, the commentators are right there next to the ring. There's three commentators always. And... Because UFC is a combat sport, there's judges because if no one gets knocked out or there's no technical knockout, it goes to scorecards. So there's judges that you have to have there in person as well. And I feel like other sports those people aren't necessary. I mean, you'll have your players, you'll have a single coach or an assistant coach, whereas UFC fighters that's have of
1: stuff of for e-sports, esports too, honestly. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean esports, esports is extremely easy because everything can happen online. And I think that's where yeah, they have that's what doing for Evo. I think that's where they have the advantage over physical sports. Um, and it's actually funny, funny watching all of these real athletes go and play their virtual selves, like, you know, soccer players playing FIFA and NFL players playing Madden and doing all these charity tournaments. Kind of interesting. But yeah, with like UFC, when you have a team, a team, you know, is your, your coaching team and all the people with you in a fight are like yeah. six, seven people. You have an NFL team, sure, you have 20, 30 players, but you have one coach, one assistant coach and well, uh, usually two medical people. I
1: wonder what they're gonna do for the NFL. That's do you think they're just gonna like wait.
0: I don't see know. If, like
1: anything improves, or they're just gonna. I hope they don't cancel the season. Oh, I would suck for my dad. He loves watching football. I don't
0: think they're gonna cancel the season. Uh, the season starts what September, right? I think, so? I think it's.
1: I don't know. I don't really follow it that well.
0: So if it's it August, starts in September, September, I I don't I don't know. I mean,
1: there's some promising um stuff going on with. Like um with the uh Backstreet Boys stuff. No, I'm just joking. That's a Game Grumps joke. Sorry. Um, with the <laughs> coronavirus stuff.
0: Yeah, I There's mean. A of- also, a thing about like a football stadium is huge, right? There, yeah. you can definitely adequately social distance in there with an entire team. You could spread out an entire yeah. team six feet apart from each yeah. other if needed. Um, yeah. But it's when it's a contact sport that things get difficult because you basically you can make sure i i have no doubt in my mind that teams are perfectly capable of having their players quarantine together make sure you know they'll, they'll all get a you know uh they have training facilities they'll all live there together for two weeks prior to a game blah 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 it's it's the fact that you then have to put your faith into the other team to do that as well and you know what happens if you have one player who. You know, you have a key player who couldn't come to the quarantine, and then they're like, oh, wait, no, we need him in the game, otherwise we're not going to be able to play. And then he brings the virus, and then everyone gets it. There's, like, so many factors to it that even in theory, if it sounds great, it's just going to be so hard to actually pull off, you know?
3: I feel like it's a bit too um, difficult to do all that for large teams, especially um, soccer and Mm -hmm. football and that kind of thing um i feel like this might be insensitive or rude but i feel like a lot of these players um i completely understand that it sucks that they can't keep playing um but money wise i think they're okay
0: yeah i mean yeah a lot of them i
2: think it's less about their pay and more about the fact that a lot of people sports as like their main entertainment right a lot of yeah, people like their entire life are like sports related or them like betting yes, on sports or yeah, them I relating to things true. with sports and, I can't and imagine y- you're right a sports person through this i can't imagine like i don't usually watch sports but i know people that like the thing that like made them really happy is like doing fantasy football exactly and, like, Stuff like that. And it's like, they have nothing. Yeah. I play video games. I watch YouTubers. YouTubers are still making videos. Mm -hmm. Like, I still have all my video games. They have nothing. Right. What are they going to do? Like, go outside and, like, play with their family, I guess? It's just kind of sad. And I see nothing wrong with, like, (laughs) teams, like, trying to find some sort of way where it's, like, everybody in teams are quarantined together. Because it sort of makes sense it's just like a larger family I guess it just gets more complicated the bigger like the sport is
0: I mean the the Belgian soccer league never stopped it isn't to this day it has not stopped The the league has still gone on people haven't quarantined and they've had a few players uh suffer from it but overall they have they've been fine um yeah and they're not even playing behind closed doors but Going about the money thing, I do agree with Maggie to some extent. I mean a lot of these players, um, got paid quite a lot. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo makes three hundred thousand dollars a week. Just just Think about a that. A, a, 300, 300 grand a week.
2: Can he give me some? Jeez.
0: Um, but there's also so many athletes that have like deals with like Adidas, or they have. De- I mean, freaking Paul Pogba, who's a, a French national player, plays for Manchester United, has a deal with Wish.com and does commercials for them, and he makes bank from that, even though Wish.com is garbage. But just kidding. Wish sponsored me. Um, but like, there's plenty of other ways for them to make money. It's not so much that as definitely what Anna says. It's a sense yeah. of entertainment for people. Um, it brings people together. Uh, it allows for healthy competition. And if you're also thinking about the money aspects, there are so many jobs in sports that yeah. have nothing to do with being an athlete or a coach. I mean,
3: this d- is also true.
0: Like there, there are like people who they you know like for example when you're watching a tennis match, those people that pick up those tennis balls. They get paid minimum wage to do that, no matter what, how big the tournament is. They make, like, 10 bucks an hour to go and grab those balls, and that's about it. i
3: watched a tennis
0: match. But there's, like, there's so many people. I mean, um, the mm. stadiums, the stadiums aren't making any money. All, um, the stadiums who hire, like, waitresses and they hire bartenders. Um, you're thinking about the bus drivers who drive around these players – um you're talking about the medical staff you're talking about literally just the water boys don't have jobs um the people the people that mow the fields the people that paint the the the, paint the lines on the fields the people that inflate the balls the people that you know carry all the equipment there's so many people that are out of a job that are just as screwed as your average office worker and who make probably less money than your average office worker because of all this thing and the sad thing is I feel like a lot of those jobs even if these games are played behind closed doors aren't going to go uh, won't come back. I mean, they're not going to risk it and hire a water boy and they're not going to need a waitress, they're not going to need a chef to you know cook food for the fans or the the security or the people that collect tickets at the front door, you know, cuz none of that's going to really be possible with closed door games.
2: It's just weird to think about. I don't know. I see nothing yeah. wrong about seasons continuing. It's right. just a matter of making sure that there's it just no, has to like, be
0: done. It just has to be done, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, that nobody's taking shortcuts so that they can, like, go right back into it to make sure that everything's, like, happening adequately. Like, if, if you, you can't properly, like, like, if you can't properly reschedule things the right way and make sure that, like, players are quarantined, Yeah. then I feel like a season should be canceled. Like, if there's not enough time to reschedule the games and have everything right in its place... I don't think that people's safety or the players' safety is worth like continuing a season, you know. Yeah, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think it just comes down to a matter of safety is just doing what's safest. Right. Although it is really sad about the whole like I don't know. I really do think that they could play to to stadium so they could play to people being there just making sure that there's like adequate amount of space in between people mm-hmm. and that people working in the food service and everybody going in like has face masks on like every everything is, like wiped down everything is like super clean Yeah, I think I don't that's see a problem as to why they can't social distance I, I mean, think that's definitely in Hong Kong just reopened that's true and there's social distancing I think in, that's definitely in, the,
0: the in next it. step that's definitely the next step but right now they have to at least Make sure that they can even handle it with players alone before they start worrying about all the people yeah. that go into it. Yeah, you know? I think
2: this would be like a next season thing. For sure. Like once they finish this season or whatever seasons are finishing, that they should start to think about reopening to people right. the following season.
0: Yeah, because that water boy's out of a job. He needs that job. Who needs a water boy when you have Ma? energy are you ready to ditch the sugary drinks or the gritty alternatives for an energy drink that is truly formulated to boost your productivity like a beast well if so ma energy has the taste you crave balanced with four count them four it's actually not that much now that i think about it i'm gonna cut that part out ma energy has the taste you crave balanced with four flavors derived from all natural ingredients the ma powder dissolves instantly in water for a smooth refreshing drink bringing you intense focus without the crash Maw Energy was created by gamers for gamers, balancing long work hours, have them squeezing out gaming sessions on late nights and weekends, just burning money away, just pounding expensive energy drinks, just to stay awake. So there had to be a better way, and that's when Maw came to be. So, tonight only, through the Everything at One Show, you can receive a full, not just four flavors of choice for free, like the previous free trial. You can receive a full tub, 60 servings of Maw Energy for free. Just pay shipping. All you have to do is visit the link below the stream to claim yours. Hopefully you enjoy that. I just got a bunch of Maw in the mail. Um not gonna lie, I haven't tried all of the flavors, but I've been trying it and my G Fuel has been on the shelf just unused for the past three, four weeks because it's actually really good. So if you enjoyed your samples, uh, head on over to Austin White on Instagram for your chance to win a full year's supply of Mott Energy absolutely free. There's nothing you need to do. All you have to do is just like that photo. and It'll be completely random, completely fair. More information on that is also on the link below the podcast description. You know, the name of this episode is Elon Musk's Triple Kill, and the reason why is because we have three major stories, <laughs> three major stories involving this crazy man. The first of which, Elon Musk just had a kid, and his his it is it a boy? Or is it a girl?
2: It's a boy. It's a boy. It's a boy,
0: right? His name, I I I don't know. It's something different. Um, it's illegal in California, that's for sure. Um, is it really? Yeah. Well, technically, it's illegal because well. Okay, his name. In case I, I don't think there's a proper way to pronounce it. Um,
1: uh, oh, actually,
2: he explained it. Yeah. Well, he. I thought it was X Ash. Yeah, Park it's X.
0: Yeah, it's 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 X, Ash, and then there's okay. So so the the actual spelling of the name is X. Ex- and then the ash symbol, which is the connected A and E, so it's not an English symbol. That's where that's where the legality goes out the door. So it's the X A E, and then an A hyphen twelve. That is the, that is the name of of Elon Musk's baby. I just I just want to know, like, did he do this for attention? Did he do this to piss people Supposed-
2: off? Actually, supposedly, Grimes picked the first. Uh... Grimes picked X and the AE. Right. And Elon picked picked the the freaking plane.
0: A-, a twelve, which is named after their favorite yeah. plane. Um but like okay. It's no no secret. Elon Musk is a crazy guy. Uh he is a billionaire that thrives on renewable energy and flamethrowers, right? And Grimes is is She's a pop star who writes songs about a vampire, Al Pacino. Something was going to be up with this baby for sure. This baby is probably either going to be uh, the next richest person in the world when he grows up or he's going to be completely tapped like uh, Amanda Bynes. Either way, um, there had to be like there was worried for him. Yeah, I'm well, I'm both worried for him and also jealous of him. I'm going to be completely honest. But I just don't understand. I feel like okay, Elon Musk is a, is a heavy troll, and that will become more apparent in the future stories that we're going to talk about later on. He loves to piss people off. He uh, always always stays true to himself. He will never back down for anything. And I have a feeling. I have a feeling that the reason that this is not going to be that child's real name. This is not what they're going to call that child. This is not what that child will be referred to in school. I have a feeling that this is all a big publicity stunt. Genuinely, I do not think that that name is on that child's birth certificate because the the that only reason the only the only way people know of his name is from tweets from Grimes and Elon Musk himself. That's it. Those are the only people. There is there's is nothing legally stating that this is that individual's name. And I think he has done it for a laugh. I think he has done it to push people's buttons. Um, I think that he I, I think that give it a give it a little bit um, and he's gonna realize like huh jokes on you sure that can be our kid's nickname, but really his name's you know Joshua. I, I do not think this is genuine. I don't think he's serious at all about this. Um, I feel
2: like the kid's name is just Ash
0: it, it definitely could be it Ash. definitely could be but yeah i mean it, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility given elon Musk and grimes to be to be honest um but yeah it should it x-ash archangel is the name um actually
2: i don't think that's honestly that weird
0: it's not when you think but when you think that that's their first name
2: yeah but here's the thing like they could always do something where it's like that's a legal name but that's not the name that they're gonna that they're gonna call the kid like right. they'll probably like just because it's a weird spelling well legal but that's the
0: thing especially in california there's a lot of states that have laws about the names that people can be given um but
2: did yeah. they have the kid in california
0: yes yeah like, and
2: they gave birth in california yeah, yeah yeah and
0: they live in california um it the, the law defines names as consisting of letters which are this 26 letters of the english alphabet um like there's there's even been battles in California over making, you know, um what do you call, like letters with accents and tildes a legal part of a name because right now it's technically not. Um
2: Ew, that's gross. What if you're like foreign? Like the fuck?
0: Yeah, no, no, exactly. Like they're working on it. Um but the fact of the matter is right now it's technically not a legal definition of name. And if the state of California doesn't like accents on a birth certificate, there is no way they're going to allow the ash symbol to be on the birth certificate. Um. I just, it's, it's weird. Um.
1: Yeah.
0: And basically if, if they were to go through with it, which maybe they could, this could be the plan all, all along, right? If they were to go through with it, the state of California would negate illegal characters and keep the legal characters, which means this child's name would become Zaya. It would be X-A-E-A. That's what it would become. Which maybe that's what they wanted all along. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put put it past Elon Musk to formulate a fake name to then have the state change the kid's name. And then Elon Musk be like, that's the name we wanted all along. Thank you. You know, like I wouldn't put it past the guy. He's kind of tapped. He's genius, but he's tapped. But I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to spell. It's hard to remember. It's virtually unpronounceable. It, it's you can't even type it on an English keyboard. Uh, there's no forms or databases online that will accept it. Um, and it's it's just non-functional altogether. And if that is their real name choice. Wow. Yeah, that's a com- that's it's a completely a different, time. completely different class than any other celebrity. And there's been some weird celebrity names. Yeah, um,
3: some kid's name is Apple.
0: Yeah. We're going to we're going to we're going to talk about that in a little bit, actually. Um, yeah, but um-
2: what are his other kids names because i know he has other kids with like another woman didn't he have like an ex-wife and stuff
0: i don't think he has any other kids does he
2: i heard he had other kids yeah I this think is just does. their first like this is just him and grimes first get
0: together i've never i've never uh, i'll be honest i've never heard of uh i've never heard of his other kids um and maybe that maybe that's why they went with this um let's see oh yeah he has six children Wow. Yeah, he has a lot. So they oh, all have interesting names. No, he had six. Okay, apparently his some of his kids died. That's crazy. Okay, so his first son's name was Nevada. Uh, born in 2002. Um, he passed away at age 10 weeks. Um, when he was oh yeah, when he was married to Justine, they had uh, twins. One of them was Griffin, and the other one was Xavier. Um, and then they had triplets, which was Kai, Saxon, and Damien. And then in May 2020, his new son, uh, ex Ash Archangel Musk.
2: Apparently, Elon you know, Musk's mom tweeted out that the baby's name or like what they're just calling him is ex.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's possible. There's, there's, there's a lot of ways to go about it. There's, I mean, there's a lot of speculation that it's not their real name. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the baby's real name. And I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't realistically. I mean, you know, keep, keep in mind, this is the guy that came up with, yeah, PayPal, Tesla, SpaceX, uh, uh, what else do you have? New Like he's worth billions of dollars. He doesn't have to answer to anybody if he doesn't want to. He may not be as rich as jeff bezos but he is significantly more influential than jeff bezos jeff bezos has amazon yes but elon musk literally roll literally rules the ground uh and the sky and soon the ocean with his new new link project like this this man doesn't have to answer to anybody and i feel like he's doing this just to piss people off or just to prove a point point. and if he if he is he's definitely doing it effectively i would say the next, thing, the next thing that I wanted to talk about was, you know, no surprise, another Elon Musk story. And that story is about the Tesla production uh, that has actually started today. So Elon Musk has basically said that Tesla production is going to be, and it already is currently, up and running despite local orders. So... In, in the Bay Area, right, in Fremont, California, where the main Tesla plant is, where they make all the Teslas, it is technically illegal to be operating this factory right now. Um, Elon Musk said, screw that. Let's get it up and running. And then he, he tweeted out and he added the governor of California and said, the factory is up and running despite local orders. I am on the front lines with my workers. If anyone is going to be arrested, it will be me and no one else. And that's all he said. And we haven't heard from Elon Musk on Twitter since. So it's possible that Elon Musk was arrested. But Elon Musk is the type of person to – he basically said he made sure when this pandemic happened and people were scared about their Teslas – or scared about repairs, necessary repairs, or not being able to buy a new Tesla or get a new car or trade their car in or any of that. He said, don't worry about it. No matter what happens in this pandemic, I will make sure that Tesla still stays up to the standards that they always have. And once the quarantine started getting more and more serious, people are like, oh, Elon Musk shouldn't have said that. He made false promises. No, Elon Musk doesn't make false promises. When he says something is going to happen, it happens. So 6 p.m. earlier today, 6 p.m., Uh, is when his Sunday – 6 p.m. on Sunday is when his shift started, and it went until 6 a.m. Monday. Um, And basically, Elon Musk is sitting there on the front lines as these cars are being made um, after putting out an announcement declaring that operations would be restarting. And he said that if they decided to shut down the plant, that Elon Musk was going to uh, put a lawsuit, file a lawsuit against the county to make sure the assembly plant stays open. Um, And he said, if they don't want to accept that lawsuit or they still want to close us, then we're going to pack up, shut down this factory for good, and move to Nevada or Texas. Which, keep in mind, this is the only thing that is keeping Fremont, California's economy float Afloat right now is this Tesla factory. It brings in so much money in taxes and so much money in the different uh, areas where people purchase Teslas nearby. Um, but Elon Musk basically said that these stay-at-home orders for his workers is <laughs> quote fascist. um What do you what do you guys think about that? What do you guys think I about? I
2: hate that. I think that's so childish.
0: Why why do you say this that?
2: This is literally for safety. Okay. The government isn't anti-people and well, the government no, isn't no, anti-economy, no.
3: but it's if for I people's safety. Aren't other factories opening?
0: That is correct. I
3: absolutely hate right? the idea
2: of that too.
3: So like I like well, the idea
2: of factories opening, but it's for people's safety and the fact that places are already opening means that there could be a second wave really soon. That could prevent oh. us from going back to college. That could prevent
3: that like
2: a second wave is going to happen if places think, open too soon.
3: Well, no, I don't think the problem is the fact that, like, I think the main problem is the fact that other factories are being allowed to open and they're specifically not allowing this one to open. Right. I don't think and any
2: should be open. I really well, don't. I, yeah, I, but, I, d- I disagree like, with that I entirely. Get that, but. I feel like it should for the economy but for people's health.
0: Right. I mean I just
2: think it's a health thing where it's like I want the economy to open, but I don't know if now is the right time to open it necessarily because doing anything too soon could have drastic and I mean drastic like outcomes. Like a lot of people's lives could be lost there that is a chance this is a global pandemic this isn't just a life will go back to normal in a month it's a life will go back to normal in a year to two years you know and it's hard because it's like the economy is so shit but there is no real solution because it's it's terrifying and hearing that a lot of states are reopening without even fulfilling like what the white house has set out for standards is terrifying that's absolutely terrifying. Right. I,
0: I agree with that to an a extent. A lot of those things
2: could be happening. Like, I want people to not freaking die, and I want this to end as soon as possible. And if we're dragging it out, if we're dragging this out by having more people come out and being like, oh, this sort of means that COVID is gone. It's not gone. It's We're not even remotely gone. You know? It's just starting to plateau. It's not going down. It's plateau. Right, oh,
0: and it, it, that's that's a, that's another thing. Let me put this into perspective. Um, the curve is flattened, and when you flatten the curve, it does not go down. That is not what's going to happen. Um, if, for example, this quarantine stays and no businesses are allowed to open and they shut down everything and everybody stays at home, the projected numbers for death in the U.S. is still 270,000 deaths by the end of this. Also keep in mind that early predictions for the number of deaths in the U S were upwards of 2 million. Um, and that we were, we were supposed to hit that number, uh, about two, two and a half months ago. Um, that number was supposed to start being on the, or uh, yeah, two and a half months ago, the numbers were supposed to start being on the rise. Well, I guess more like two months now. So we're only in the first two weeks of May, but either way, those numbers are so far from the truth from what's actually happening. And although I agree, I do obviously don't want more people to die than they need to. Um, When you look at the reality of the situation, there is no right answer for how to deal with this because like it or not, when you're making policies, as much as people like to think that, oh, the human life is precious. Sure, of course it is. That's why we ban murder. That's why you're not allowed to just kill whoever you want because human life is is precious and it's priceless. You know, you can't put a price on human life. But from a policy perspective... There is a necessary risk that you kind of have to accept and you have to make those tough decisions because if human life was truly priceless, even from an economic and uh, policy-making perspective, you know, the speed limit around the entire country would be two miles an hour where it's impossible to kill anyone if they got hit by a car. But obviously that's not plausible. So we accept this necessary risk that, yeah, some people probably will get hit by a car and they will die. But at the same time, we're not going to ban all of these other people from getting to where they need to go. And it's the same thing with this. There is a necessary risk and there's a point where policymakers need to realize that if things don't start opening slowly and it, it is a gradual opening, it's not like things are just popping up open all of a sudden. It's a gradual opening. If that doesn't start, that we will go into a recession that is even worse than the Great Depression And unfortunately, there is no way for the country to bail us out of that like they did back in the Great Depression because of how far in debt we are. And the longer we wait, yes, it is true that we are potentially saving more lives, but it's also true that we are screwing up the country for the next, you know, the next probably I would say eight to ten generations. And I think the fact that, you know, for example, these factories are opening and they're taking necessary precautions. I mean, um... People are wearing masks, they're wearing gloves, Um, they're not allowed to take their masks off unless they're in, you know, private rooms, Um, that it's a necessary step in actually opening the country because people, it's not about people being afraid. I mean, realistically, once life starts to go back to normal, someone gets a cold, they're going to freak the hell out and think they have COVID. It's just, it's going to have a lasting impact on a lot of people and Realistically, people can't be afraid forever, and there is that necessary risk that you have to accept. I mean, like, for example, I need my medication, right? I'm going to have to go to CVS tomorrow, and I will wear a mask. I will wear gloves, but I'm going to have to go to CVS and go into the pharmacy and pick up my medicine. I can't just not do that and basically say, like, oh, if I stay home, I 100% will not get COVID, so, therefore, I'm going to stay home and not do that. I, that's just not possible. And that's just on a personal level. Imagine it on an actual global economic level. There's just so many things that are that you just have to think about and that you have to make tough decisions. And you have to basically say, like, yeah, it sucks, but there is no perfect solution. And there will never be any perfect solution because if there was, then this pandemic wouldn't be as big a deal as it is. Um, I mean, if you look at Greenland... Uh, They completely wiped out COVID in Greenland. They had a few thousand cases. I mean, the population of Greenland is way different than the U.S., don't get me wrong. But they had a few thousand cases. Nobody died from it. Uh, They wiped it out, and now they're back to normal. I mean, they're not opening up airports. They're not letting people into the country or letting people—or they're letting people leave the country, but they're not letting people come back in if they leave. And there hasn't been a case since, um, according to their actual governing body. And life has gone back to normal, and their economy is actually booming from this— um, but at the same time, it's suffering in certain areas where they deal with trade from China and the U.S. And as much as like it, it sucks, and we don't want people to die, and we don't want people to suffer, and we don't want a big, you know, resurgence of COVID to come. Um, first of all, that that resurgence isn't going to happen if the necessary precautions are taken, and. I mean, realistically, no matter what happens, you can say something is the law, but people are always going to break it. So there is obviously going to be some people that will suffer from this due to negligence. Um, But if the necessary precautions are taken and things are slowly opened one at a time, uh, that is the only way to truly get through this. And not necessarily get back to normal. Life is never truly going to be normal after this. I mean, my mother's company used to have an office here uh, uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. And after this, they've just, they've realized that um, there's a, there is a lot of risk in that. And we real realistically don't need to do that. And they have now announced that they're going 100% completely remote. They're going to have a small office for meetings when they need to meet with customers. And otherwise every employee is going to work remotely. Um, so life is never truly going to get back to that exact normal. But the only way to get on the path to bringing ourselves back up from this is to slowly reopen the country. That's the that's literally the only thing we can do.
2: I mean, my argument is more just on the side of less. It's definitely less about the of people dying and more about the fact of dragging this on longer than it has to. Because even if people get infected and nothing comes to it like if they're completely fine it's still dragging it out for longer right and something that could last like a short amount of time just because certain things opened a week earlier than they should have could very easily drag it out longer and then let's say you know how georgia opened not that long ago Mm -hmm. and it was against all like government orders like all of what they were expecting right let's say a bunch of people in georgia are now infected and they travel To other places in the country, like people, like Maggie said that somebody like went to Maine to try to get away from COVID. What if people do that in Georgia and then bring it other places?
0: Right.
1: You know, that's that's just my biggest fear.
2: I mean, I it's definitely going to drag out
1: longer. That's
0: definitely a valid fear, but there's there's two things with that. Um, one, we can't take individual cases and use that as a, you know, argument against against certain actions because um, there's always going to be stupid people there's always going to be people that don't listen um i mean it's the reason why you know there's freaking drunk drivers dying every day like it's it's because people are stupid they don't listen they think they're fine blah 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 but aside from that this is never truly gonna go away um in the sense that it's just going to be gone forever because the way this virus works, I mean, look at, look at the seasonal flu, right? There is, as you know, get a flu vaccine every single year. The flu is never going to go away. It's never going to disappear. And the thing about COVID is the reason why there is a quarantine in this country is not because of what COVID does to you. It is absolutely, I know a lot of people think that it is absolutely not what the virus does to you. The virus is less deadly exponentially than the flu it affects uh it affects long-term life less than the flu the reason why there is a quarantine is because of specifically the virus spreads really fast and there aren't enough beds and not enough hospitals to actually take care of people that have it and that's why people end up dying because they don't get the care they need but in in reality you know COVID, COVID isn't safe but it is safer than if you were to get the seasonal flu and not have a vaccine and so once we start slowly reopening things, right? Um, And the improvements that are being taken to our healthcare system, um, you know, they luckily uh, in the past few weeks, we have been pushing out more people home than taking people in due to the virus, at least here in the States. I have no idea about other places in the country, but here in the States, we have been sending more people home safe than bringing new cases in. It's still a lot. There's still, you know, 80,000 active cases, but there are more people going home than coming in, which is a plus. Um, realistically, it's up to the government to improve our healthcare system as much as we can, um, You know, whether it's staffing, whether it's more supplies, whatever it might be. But I, I completely get what you're saying, Anna. I mean, we don't want this to drag on longer than it needs to, but at the same time, there is no way to really just cut it short, and this is going to be a problem not just for a year, this is, you know, COVID is going to be active for probably the next five, six, seven years, at least before it finally starts to, you know, become a more or less common thing. Um, but even if that's the case, we can't let that stop us from, you know, living our lives, you know, right. I mean, as long as, as long as the, the only thing you can do is that you as an individual need to stay safe while not stay safe while not risking your livelihood. So you need to take the necessary precautions, but you still need to be able to live your life uh, and live your best life as much as you can. And as long as you as an individual are doing that, as much as it might suck, you can't worry about what other people are doing. I mean, if I go out, I've gone out to the post office and I've seen people without gloves, without masks, and I don't let that bother me. I say, I'm sorry I feel bad for that person, But I don't get angry at them. You know, there was a freaking a brawl just up the street from me at Target um, because there was someone not wearing a mask and someone wearing a mask yelled at them and they got into a fistfight and the police had to be called. Like, realistically, you have to worry about yourself and realize that certain things are out of your control. And as long as you are doing the best you can for yourself and you are taking care of those around you directly that's pretty much all you can do. What other people do is up to them. And as much as it sucks when they don't listen, it's not something that you have to let yourself get worked up about because there are things you just, it, it it's, it's just just not just in this, but in life in general, you have to realize that some things are out of your control completely. And once you accept that, it makes your life so much easier. And I get the frustration and that's another, that's another thing. Once a vaccine comes in, It's gonna make the it's gonna make the problem significantly less as well. Um, You're still gonna get the same number of cases,
1: or just a treatment in general. Right.
0: You're still gonna get the same number of cases. It's still gonna be just as common. The curve isn't gonna go down, but it will flatten. It'll take less time for more people to pop up because you know as cases come in, they go out, and it, it kind of helps flatten that curve. You know, there's no way for it to just be eradicated completely. That's not that's not really a thing. I mean, we got lucky when we eradicated smallpox. That was a very, very lucky thing that we just happened to find the right vaccine with the right mutation to take care of it. Um, You know, just like we're never going to eradicate the common cold. You're never going to eradicate the common flu, stuff like that. But like I said, realistically, if you're doing the best that you can for yourself and those around you, that's really all you can do at this point. And there's a lot of, you know, scary news out there, and it sucks to hear about people dying. But if you are okay, and your family is okay, and you're doing the best you can, you're taking necessary precautions. That's really, that in itself is something that you should applaud yourself for, because there are people out there that can't do that. And as long as you are doing that, that's pretty much the only thing, the only way to really get through this. You know, I've been saying this for years in terms of politics, policymaking, whatever. Um, you can tell dumb people what to do but it doesn't mean they're going to listen. It's the same with with any, I mean, there's a reason there's random laws in place, you know, like uh, there's a reason why it is now the law that you need to, uh, at least here in Massachusetts, it is the law that you are not allowed to use your cell phone at all, even if it's hands-free when driving because people are stupid and they don't listen to those campaigns that say, don't text and drive. And, you know, they're killing themselves and killing each other. And once it became a law, people still don't listen. You know, the, all those camp- campaigns, they, they tend to fail. Um, if people are stupid and they have their mindset on something, then they're going to do it. And as much as we can't just sit back and let those people ruin it for the rest of us, we also can't be the ones to tell them or control them and have them do the right thing. And it's kind of the same thing with this. The next story I wanted to talk about is, well, just just, just Maggie. Maggie, take a guess. Who does this next story revolve around?
3: Uh, Elon
0: Musk. That is correct. It is Elon Musk. We talked about Elon Musk's baby. We talked about Elon Musk's cars. It is now time to talk about Elon Musk's spaceships. So today, SpaceX has announced that they are getting closer and closer to getting their their new generation starship off the ground and into space. Um, Elon Musk is predicting that he will be able to land something, land a craft on Mars within the next three years. Now that original number was supposed to be within the next two years. uh, But obviously because of pandemic, things were pushed back, but next three years. So this next generation space vehicle, um, the way they developed this is that it's completely capable of carrying humans. It is meant to carry humans to Mars. Mm -hmm. And it's had its speed bumps. um, And they're slowly progressing towards another short test flight. And it's literally just this, this it's a small, single-engine uh, prototype called Starhopper. That's that's what its name, which honestly, that would have been a dope-ass name for his kid instead of X-Ash X, X Ash Archangel, uh, Starhopper. Either way, um, recently they they did a test launch above the Texas Gulf Coast. Um, I think that was technically 2019, I think it was last year. And a lot of those prototypes have had mishaps. Uh, like static fires, like things catching on fire, blowing up. But this new series, they've been having a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, good luck and a lot of improvements with this one. Um, He thinks that the next series of prototypes is going to be able to uh, fly to uh, an elevation of 12.4 miles. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but when you think about these uh, prototypes being about the size of, I'd say... Probably, probably about the size of uh, your your whole arm from fingertip to shoulder. That's about how tall they are. Um, getting 12.4 miles in the air, when you expand that exponentially into a full-size spacecraft, that's that's going to get you all the way to Mars. Um, I, I guess what I want to talk about with this is that what what do you guys think about traveling to Mars? Is it is it necessary? Is it something that we should be pursuing do we do human a, a bit a lot a large amount of people have this belief that you know there is no reason for us to worry about traveling to mars when we should be worrying about our planet and its state right now blah 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 do elon musk and i agree with him completely thinks that humans have a moral responsibility to explore the unknown and explore space and the possibilities of space travel do you guys agree yes or no
2: I feel like if we don't explore, like, I don't know, we won't grow anymore because -hmm. we've already explored almost everywhere on earth. I mean, excluding like the, the deepest, deepest parts of the ocean, we've explored the earth and now we need to continue that trend. We, I don't mean like conquer, but I mean learning. Yeah. I think we 100%. should always strive to learn and learn more. And regardless of if like going to Mars like I heard people say like going to Mars is dumb because therefore we can't make it into like a sustainable place. But I don't think that the purpose of going to other planets is to like have a second Earth. Right. Or to have like a backup planet. I think it can just be valuable in learning or it can just be like a good experience or like good just I don't know and I I, I don't think that like the argument of saying we need to fix Earth before we like look out elsewhere is valid because those yeah, are two either. completely different things like space exploration and like the climate are two vastly different things but I do think that the Earth that we should focus on on you know preventing climate change and we should really like I don't know what the exact solution would be for that but I definitely do think that we should be looking more at the planet and trying to find more sustainable ways of doing things in general mm-hmm. for like the future but at the same time but it's, complete- I it's completely really unrelated
0: think- to space exploration yeah
2: yeah I just think it's completely unrelated that's like saying we can't like we can't go to a different country because we haven't completely explored America. Yeah. Like, oh, you haven't gone to every single 50 every single one of the 50 states, so you can't go to Europe. Yeah. You know like it it's unrelated.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Um I I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think uh Elon Musk working along with Richard Branson um would be fantastic. Uh, it's only a matter of time before uh you have getaways to a hotel on the moon and oh I'd be
2: terrified dude can you imagine going in like a like if space travel became like commercial like airplanes which
0: it's very close yeah
2: I would be terrified
0: i i would also be terrified if if i would be terrified if you didn't look at the statistics right um when you look at it exponentially compared to planes, right? And you look at the actual proportion more, I mean, this only includes obviously spacecrafts that, um, that carry humans, more planes crash and kill humans than spacecraft have crashed and killed humans. Um, and that's actually according to NASA themselves, along with SpaceX, cause they actually work hand in hand. Um, that, that's another thing I love about SpaceX, the fact that it's it's privatized and it's a corporation and that the government has no say in it because that has been the downfall of NASA pretty much since it was founded. But that's on another note. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, so according to NASA, uh, there are more plane crashes that kill human beings than Spacecraft that kill human beings, and a lot of people, a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, there's way more plane crashes or way more plane flights than there are human carrying space flights." That's true, but when you look at it proportionally, uh, and you get those proportions the same and they're equivalent, there's still more death related to plane crashes, and that's that's the that's why there's so many tests. I mean, do you know how long it took to test and test and test planes before they were even letting like single passenger planes? Go off, you know, and imagine all the tests that it took before they allowed commercial airplanes. Like, it took many, many years. And I guess it would be a little bit terrifying because, you know, if a plane is stranded, you're still on Earth. If a spaceship is, is stranded, you have no idea where the fuck you are. But I guess that's just kind of the way things have to develop over time, I guess.
2: I mean, my fear was not from safety and more from the experience. Because you okay. see, like the space that. travel movies, and they like have them like hooked up to this thing that spins at a million miles an hour. Because you'll feel this amount of pressure yep. when you leave the the I don't know the Earth right. layers. You know what I mean? Like that's what I feel like would terrify me the most. Is oh yeah, like, it definitely wouldn't be for experience everyone. Of leaving and entering the atmosphere. Definitely
0: wouldn't be for everyone. I'm sure there would have to be a lot of screening that has to go ahead before you actually are able to take one of these flights um i just feel like it would be
2: like i don't know if it would ever be possible to become like such a comfortable experience as just like getting on an airplane because when you go in an airplane like yeah for like one second when the wheels come off the ground like it'll feel like a little bit like ooh. yeah but basically for the whole thing it just sort of feels like you're just sitting right and i feel like with space travel like there's like the chance of it being like nauseating or just like really uncomfortable or maybe something with like temperature regulation. I just feel like I can't imagine it to become such an experience as like, just sit down and it's like, nothing's really happening. Yeah.
0: No, I don't either. And I don't think it's, that's really ever going to be the intention. Um, at least that's with, with...
2: What I would be too scared to do it. Yeah. I mean, maybe I do it if all my friends are doing it. I just feel like, oh gosh. No,
0: I agree with that. I think I think right <laughs> I now up. <laughs> when these things become commercial, it's going to be for very rich people that want very interesting experiences. I, I honestly I think SpaceX is gonna to get to the moon before NASA does, and I hope they do, just to give a big middle finger to NASA. I'm sorry, I hate NASA. Um they've done they've done fantastic things, but the fact that they're so tied up with the government and they let uh, basically money control their, their values, which is quite ironic that a government body lets uh, money control their their morality rather than a freaking billionaire who owns a private spaceship company. Um, but whatever. That's what I appreciate about Elon Musk so much. Uh, he always stays true to himself and he's not going to let people change. They, they tell him, uh, oh shit, no, you can't launch your spaceship today. And he says, why? Well, because we haven't cleared the airspace. Okay, we'll clear it. Well, it's going to take some time. All right, I've got time. Just wait. Well, it's not that easy. You see, there's this whole process we have to go through, and then he gets all fed up with the bureaucracy of it, and he's like, all right, you know what? Just put out an announcement. We'll do it tomorrow. They're like, well, then we have to change everything else. Okay, do it. We're, we're launching the spaceship. I'm not going to let you talk me out of this. Whereas, you know, that happens at NASA. They're like, oh, shit. Uh, we don't have enough money to make this launch. Oh, yeah. well, there's waste. I mean, that's the You know, problem like, it's it's NASA. ridiculous.
2: Like I don't think that the com I don't think that NASA itself is a bad organization. No, it's I definitely it's, it's definitely not. That they're so under the government's thumb that they have to do whatever they want. Otherwise, like the government is so ready to cut. The government was so ready to cut any form of science right related funding, 100%. and it's really really hard to like thrive in that field. And, and you hear people like pursue science, and you're like, wow, you'll be a scientist, you're gonna make millions. That's like such like a smart thing to do you'll probably be so successful and it's like if you're a scientist it's really just bargaining for somebody to fund whatever right thing exactly doing. exactly money is such a huge problem for science right now and it's really sad because like if there was so much more funding for science like in general like just think of where we would be in the world mm-hmm. think of like how advanced certain things would be whether it be like medical technology like vaccines for different illnesses I don't know cures and that's 100%
0: why the the best the best scientific discoveries and the best technology to come to us from the in the past I would say probably the past 60-70 years has all come from privately funded companies you know you have, you have SpaceX you have private researchers because they say okay you want, you want to do something? All right, we'll pay for you. You try going to the U.S. government and say, hey, uh, I want to see if we can get a private spaceship to Mars so we might start a colony someday if we have to abandon Earth. The government would be like, all right, what's the benefits to us now? Oh, oh well, there aren't any, but there could be in the future. Okay, sorry, we don't have money in the budget for us. Where you have Elon Musk with his billions of dollars. He's like, oh, yeah, you want to see if that's possible? All right, let's do it. You know, like the government, there's just, there's just not enough money for funding and that's why i think private funding is 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 fantastic um
2: i'm really glad that there's like a person like elon musk that actually like someone who's rich that cares about science
0: yeah 100 like
2: he does a lot he genuinely does a lot for mm-hmm. science yep and thinking about a world where like he doesn't exist or there isn't a part like besides him there isn't any anybody really like I don't think there's anybody that really is comparable to him yeah or what he's interested in he just seems so ready to do things for science and for the law
0: long, long right run. he's not afraid of anything that's, that's I'm just. we just need more scary. people like that
2: it's just so scary to think of a world where like that doesn't happen
0: right I mean realistically I if he if he had never come here if he had stayed in South Africa where he was born and never come to the United States um science as a whole would be significantly fucked. I mean, even e-commerce would be fucked. I mean, Elon Musk literally was the co-founder of PayPal. That has nothing to do with science. That's all economics and personal funding, and he still did it. It's, it. He's the type of guy where when he has an idea, people will tell him it's impossible. And, you know, obviously when someone tells you something's impossible, it's like, oh, oh, my God, just follow your dreams. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything, you know, which, let's be honest, I'm sorry, but most of the time that's BS um elon musk if someone tells him it's impossible he says okay you're right it is impossible so how do we make it possible and then he goes and does it and we just need more people like that in more fields than just science realistically i wish we had people like that in our government but that's never gonna happen but you know that's that's besides the point thanks guys for for joining it was fun good discussions all around Thanks for joining us tonight on Everything at Once. Make sure to visit Austin White on Instagram for more information on upcoming events and where the EAO torch will be passed on to next. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate you letting us know on our link tree, which is linked in one of the panels below on Twitch or in the Spotify description section. Be sure to tune in next time for the next episode of Everything at Once. Remember, stay safe, be smart, and live your best life. Good night, everybody.